Sports Gadget Pod coming back at you for another week. We got Shay on the line. Ew. I should. I realized like today I was thinking about. It, I was like, I've never actually. I rarely actually introduce myself, if ever. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just yeah. it's just this talking head that introduces you, and that's about it. Ew. So yeah, I'm Dave, by the way. To there anyone, you go. To the to the few that. Well, I don't know if like Bill Simmons ever introduces himself. You know, it's just assumed. Yeah, but I guess his podcast is called the Bill Simmons Podcast. So. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, um, whereas uh, it's unless, never a bad idea to introduce yourself. Yeah, unless people are like coming into this just thinking my name is Sports Gasmic, which is fine. You can call me. I that. mean, maybe change it for the pod for the growth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if that's what it's going to take to grow the pod, you know, I'm going to head down to the legal offices um, in Adelaide tomorrow. We'll be all good. <laughs> <laughs> I figured in Australia, you just said you just said out loud, "Oh, I'm changing my name," and it was just law. Yeah. I didn't think there was anything legal about it. <laughs> Yeah, we go down. We go down and go. Oi, oi! Name sports gasmic. Sports gasmic yeah. now. All right, mate. <laughs> and a kangaroo stamps your paper and hops away. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bob's your uncle. Like, whatever. Yeah, you're picking up that sling pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Well, after like six years, I feel like I should give back a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, anyway, now that we've got the legal proceedings in Australia out of the way, uh, <laughs> the NFL, uh, you know, it's it's kind of cliche to say it's a big week in sports because, you know, every week every week usually has some yeah. kind of moment that you can point to as being big. But as far as the NFL goes, it felt like a bit, well, it was a big weekend because we've, we had some um, results where, you know, they, they, they were what they were, but it was what happened in some of those games were huge, which as the notes I sent you, the first point really was the some major injuries to some major quarterbacks that have been a big part of our lives for the last 15 years yeah (laughs) um it did feel like a kind of changing of the guards so to speak um in the nfl um these are super bowl winning quarterbacks that are now out and leaving big holes in divisions that were pretty much dominated by them over the last decade Mm -hmm. um you know the steelers i said on our first pod our first nfl pod not too long ago that the division still runs through them, but now I can't imagine the Steelers. <laughs> you know, our, our uh, friend Brad, enemy of the pod, um, <laughs> brought up how he thinks they're going to be like that. a top 10 pick now. So um, that's obviously a huge deal. And Which is, is Miami's top 10 Ben's pick career? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Drew Brees, you know, he was a, pa- a non-pass interference call away from making and probably winning the Super Bowl last year. And now his career is in jeopardy. I so. resent that statement, but anyway, moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> I do. We've talked about. It. I do think that the Saints would have beat the Patriots last year, just or at least would have been a more entertaining. It would have been a bet. It would have been a. I don't think would have been a yeah. shootout. Oh, I think Golf wasn't ready for the the stage, mm-hmm. so I think Breeze would have been. But that's a whole. I mean, we've talked about it. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the, the the obviously Roethlisberger is the, the breeze is um, I think six weeks is the is the talk. He's had surgery, six to eight, Sur- yeah, sur- yeah, something six, like that. Yeah. Six minimum, I guess. Um, I think that saw they have a buy in week nine, so maybe after that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, surgery in his hand in LA, which is you know, hand hand surgery for a quarterback is always a dicey one, but I assume it was. It, it, it was scary when he they showed that footage of him. I was watching the game when he goes and tries to pick up that ball on the sidelines and just he can't even get it into his hand. Yeah. Art, like you know grimaces yeah and, yeah <laughs> you hate to see it um ben it was Ro- an ugly injury yeah, yeah. roethlisberger's is the one that's a little bit more that a lot of no one's ever 
no one's come out with any indication that he plans to retire, but obviously that's the whispers of the well, the talk, the speculation, with no no founding to it. It's just what we talk about. Uh, he's he's thirty eight, I think now. Yeah, gone through a few injuries before. He's obviously a quarterback that's used his body throughout throughout his years. Several concussions. Yeah, uh, he's a he's a quarterback that has made a lot of his career out of out of taking hits and uh, making runs and, and being that that kind of part of the offense. And when he's taken a, a year out at thirty eight, it makes you wonder. But I, I think he might be back. He might he might see that he's still got one more run in him once he comes back from this one. As long as it's not too much more serious than that, it is just a year out will solve the problem. But yeah, what do you what do you think about Pittsburgh moving forward now? Um both, it, they both. are in a bit of a precarious position yeah. with what they want to do with their team. They're not um a franchise that's built on um kind of tanking, I guess to use the modern phrase. Um they kind of reload. Um but now it might just be time to go full tank. I know yeah. that's an NBA term, but the Dolphins are obviously in full tank, and that's as much as I want to spend on the Dolphins this week. But <laughs> it depends on – that seems like a pretty serious injury you got, so it depends on how he's going to be when he comes back. But I don't know. <laughs> After losing Bell and Brown, um, it would just make sense to kind of – Re- readjust your plan, I guess, and maybe start focusing on the defense again and maybe Roethlisberger leaves. I don't know. I, I haven't looked at the contract numbers because the injury kind of snuck up on me. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, you're talking about rebuilding. It was interesting. Uh, I assume this this trade was already in the works and they decided that they just go ahead with it anyway. But the trade for Minka Fitz, Fitzpatrick from – the Dolphins, who have every single Dolphin trying to get off the sinking ship over there. Um, yeah. Which makes you wonder about if tanking is a good idea because it seems that the Dolphins openly tanking means that every single player actually wants to get traded, which every single yeah, good, every is. single good player is heading out of there. They've already traded a couple away already with Tunsil and then and Fitz, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick are at the Steelers now. Um, yeah. Steelers <laughs> left, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is a lot different than the NBA because there just are so many – more people involved, you know, 53 man roster, another mm-hmm. 10 men on the practice squad. You know, that's a lot of, that's a lot of live livelihoods on the line. And so a lot of people quitting on your team and playing a brutal sport just to, just to get the number one pick for some yeah. quarterback who you have is, has a 50, 50 shot of, you know, becoming what they actually want. Uh, seems, seems a little barbaric, yeah. I guess, for you to sacrifice a, entire season of getting your teeth kicked in by the AFC East that doesn't which isn't even that good but when you're tanking you're going to get your teeth kicked in in football yeah yeah <laughs> so. that's the thing is that you're still asking you still have to put a side out there and whoever you're putting out there you're still asking to you know knock knock heads for 60 minutes um you know or however long each side of the field is on there but yeah it's it's yeah the tanking issue is is one that not sure it's working out very well for Miami, and um, the, I, I think the ownership. The one good thing that the Steelers have going is that they've got a really good ownership, stable ownership. That's a family that's been there for years. So you'd imagine that whatever decision is going on behind the scenes is going to be a little bit more uh, thought through than possibly the Steel. Uh, sorry, the Dolphins and teams that are a little bit more chaotic behind the scenes. But yeah, I uh, the Steelers 
being in this position is weird because you just you go into every year, and we even went into this year as thinking that they were an AFC threat just because they're the Steelers and because of Ben. You know, they're one of those ones you just pencil in as a chance because of who they are, kind of like the Patriots penciled in as almost going to the Super Bowl every year because of who they are and who they have there. And, yeah. and Ben Roethlisberger gave them such clout and um, and credit in the bank as far as where you'd expect them to be. So him being out for the year, obviously lost some big names in the last year, which was <laughs> out of their control a little bit. Um, they did what they had to do in that in that instance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now 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 they're in a position where they're going to be looking like uh, we'll get to Cleveland and Baltimore in a bit, but they might. Yeah, they're going to be on the outside looking in in, in their division. I think. I think something that does um, stand out though is that um, Chris Long, I think, pointed this out on the Rosillo Pod the other day mm-hmm. that um, the team did seem to rally around Mason Rudolph, who put up eye popping numbers in college, obviously, and was, you know, kind of a question mark coming out of college, but he does seem to be similar size and kind of make to Ben Roethlisberger. And if he can get something going with Juju, who knows? Because, you know, the Browns are definitely not where everyone thought they were going to be. And um, yeah, Lamar Jackson looks great and the Ravens look great, but they played the two worst teams in that. Well, two of the worst teams in the NFL. So mm-hmm. like two of the probably bottom five teams, I would say. So we'll see this week. They play, uh, The Ravens play the Chiefs and we'll get to that in a second. But obviously premier matchup of the week but we'll see how jackson does against that if if he kind of regresses i mean maybe that division's still open and if rudolph can get something going for the sealers then you know maybe they don't have to uh kind of ruin their season there's still hope yeah yeah and that's it we've seen plenty of backups come i mean uh brady (laughs) yeah yeah and and nick Foles a couple of years ago as well i mean Foles had a bit more we already knew of him as a starting quarterback a little bit in the league um, with his little run with Chip Kelly as well, but we knew he was still a backup coming in. That and you know, Eagles fans and most of the NFL fans wrote off the wrote off the Eagles as soon as he came, as soon as Wentz went down that year and went on and won him a Super Bowl. So you know, we never know what's going to happen. It's just it is just it does feel like a changing of the guard moment when you see a guy that's been as as successful in the league as Roethlisberger has to go down like that. But yeah. Um, Kind of segueing from we we touched on the breeze injury. There's not much more to say about that one apart from it. It is he's going to be. Better. I think they'll be okay. Yeah. Um, that division's pretty terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And Teddy Bridgewater was a starting quarterback um, not too long ago. So, yeah. um, yeah, he looked a little overwhelmed against the Rams defense, but most quarterbacks do. With Aaron, I mean, Brady didn't look great in the Super Bowl with Aaron Donald running running after him every play. So. <laughs> I don't think there's I think anyone. Now, the, I don't think there's anyone in the world like you know. There's the old Chuck Norris jokes back in the day, you know. Yeah, <laughs> Chuck Norris wears Aaron Donald pajamas probably. So exactly, and yeah, he looked overwhelmed. But now, like, it's different from being thrown into the game, like not thinking you're gonna have to play to putting in a, a full week, knowing you're the starter, playing with the ones, doing the the video edit or uh, video editing, definitely in school mode. Video, you know, (laughs) watching film and all that stuff. Um, So I think the Saints will be fine. Uh, You know, they still have Kamara. So I think him and Bridgewater could have kind of a fun thing out of the back backfield. So and and Michael Thomas um, is obviously still there. Like he's one of the best receivers in the league. Yeah, yeah, he's got all the tools there to um, to if he can if he can integrate himself into the offense and and be and make make the right passes and just and not not try anything you know just 
play the offense, play what's play what's given to you. Um, if you start, if they start getting some success, then they, you know, coaches will try some things. But he's just got to go in there and do the job, and and obviously utilize. You know, he's going in there with, like we said, some good tools there to use. So use the tools and see what see what happens. And you know, as you said, the division is is trash. I had the notes. Can they hang in it? And then I think after I wrote that, I had a look. And I was like, yeah, of course they can, because it's just it's so trash. Yeah. You know? I mean, Cam Newton is barely hanging on. I don't even know if he's playing this week. He's just get, he just gets so beat up week after week. Jameis, um, you know, he looked okay against the Panthers, but again, that's a team in that division. Yeah. And then the Falcons are just have just kind of been a shell of themselves since the twenty eight three comeback, and mm-hmm. it kind of just wrecked that franchise. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So the Patriots kind of pulled a Damian Lillard, <laughs> like yeah. just killed the franchise. So. Yeah, uh, I think the Saints will be fine. Um, yeah, I think that'll be between the Saints and the Falcons uh, in the long run. So maybe yeah. Matty Ice will pull something out. But until then, I think it's still the Saints' division to lose. So yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, kind of rolling into another aspect out of that game that um, the Saints getting jobbed on a referee call again, which just yeah, uh, un- that was weird, unreal. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't really understand that call, and it's kind of like. We say it all the time, football's stupid. Like, because you don't know what a catch is. You don't know what pass interference is. Apparently, we don't know what a pass is. I mean, going all the way back to the tuck rule. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's just it's just another instance of the refs getting it wrong and nobody really knowing. It's kind of like why it's such a risk to gamble on sports because I can't imagine. I, I mean, I think the Rams still covered. Um, they might have been even a home dog in that game, but I doubt it. But, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they still covered, but that play—if that play goes the other way—then certainly a whole different game. Yeah, yeah. So why why do they whistle that dead when you know? I do, I don't know. Well, I mean, they thought it was an incomplete pass right, right away. Yeah. I mean, they're they're trained to let plays like that go, but you know, it's muscle memory. Mm-hmm. If you think it's an incomplete pass, you're going to blow the whistle. Sometimes, yeah. you know, reminds me a little bit of like. No, no, it really doesn't. Now that I think about it, now that I run that through my head, I was gonna say Van Persie getting sent off in Barcelona for like not hearing the whistle. So like, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's somewhere in that ballpark where it's just like this gray area of a rule that doesn't make any sense, and it really costs teams games. Mm. Yeah, and and you, there's been a few radio shows. I think it was Dan Patrick said, um, "Yeah, you would have thought the one game the referees would have been keeping making sure they were." They were making their dead on with would have been the Rams Saints because all the eyes were, <laughs> yeah. eyes were on it after last year's obvious obvious kerfuffle and, in that in at yeah. the end of that championship game and yeah they screwed the pooch again and then and then not only that one uh, the roughing the passer call on Mitch Trubisky and that wild end to that Broncos Bears game was you're either the next step if you're making that rough in the passer is that it's just going to be flag football after that and I'm not trying to be the old man saying you know. You, we we do have to protect players to a certain extent, but he he the ball it was a the ball was still just releasing from his hand as he made the tackle. I don't know how 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 that how yeah. that rough in the passer. If you have any idea, yeah. you can tell me. <laughs> no, and that's just another one of those gray area calls where it's like, and it's kind of like a penalty in soccer, which I know we'll get to in our next. Well, pod, what, what is um, the gray yesterday? Area? What is the gray area there though? Well, it's just that like there's no honest definition of it. Just like there's no honest definition of a penalty in soccer. It's yeah. it's supposed to be like that old pornography thing from the 1950s where it's like I don't know what it is, but I know it when I see it. <laughs> but like 
that that doesn't make sense like because mm-hmm. because er, perception is life and everybody lives and everybody perceives things differently so whether it's pass interference whether it's what's a catch whether it's a penalty in soccer you know is it whether James Harden kicking his legs out at defenders is a foul or not. Everybody perceives that action differently. So until the rule book specifically states this is a penalty, this is exactly what roughing the passer looks like, then we won't have a clear definition of it. Mm-hmm. So it's so it is still a gray area, unfortunately. I think ninety five percent of the people watching that would say that it's not roughing the passer and the other five percent are are diehard Bills fans that can never see any or Bills Bears fans that can never see mm-hmm. anything going against their team. So I, I it just is a gray area. Yeah. <laughs> it's unfortunate, but yeah. And I and it's funny because I can imagine if it was a quarterback um, you know, say Cam Newton or or a, a Mahomes, just a, a quarterback that's a bit more mobile, they, they wouldn't call that. It seems to be like it's still there is that you can always see that that difference between how they call plays and I know Trubisky moves a bit as well but he's still just there is a difference between how they how they how they referee quarterbacks depending on how they they read their play and yeah yeah and not that that was it you know it, I mean it did it did give them it I certainly helped it certainly helped them move down the field um and terrible it, football game by the way yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> wild, wild last minute you know the what last minute was very entertaining usually terrible football games have those yeah <laughs> so <laughs> um yeah, and then yeah, I don't. It and then, just, the, the, I mean, that's just life in the NFL these days. Yeah. Um, was it a better game back in the nineteen seventies when quarterback like that would wouldn't even be glanced at as a passing mm-hmm. or uh, as a roughing the passer? Maybe, but also guys were getting their heads caved in back then. So you take the good with the bad, and you want to protect people's brains and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. We're just not going to ever. I don't think we're ever going to have a conclusive answer to any of this as football gets safer. Mm-hmm. So, um, the last one on the ref. Well, just is it in refereeing? It's more uh, a general NFL thought that I had. Just watching the last, you know, Trubisky has that play where he he's kind of the pocket collapses, but he uses his feet to move forward and just just behind the line of scrimmage makes that pass. Can't think of the receiver's name. You know the play I'm talking about. It's the one that leads to the field goal. Um, <laughs> and you're watching the clock count down. The receiver catches it, goes down, and kind of initiates contact with a with a with someone covering, and and the clock stops. And I'm, I don't know. Wh- I think the clock runs out on that myself. But yeah, <laughs> I don't know where you were at. I, I've, I haven't. I haven't actually done too much reading up on what other people's opinions are because I kind of just wanted to have a conversation. Gray area. Yeah, <laughs> we'll call this one the gray area pod because it's where it's where everything is on this one. But. Well, it's just what football is because nobody knows what's happening because they change so many rules mm-hmm. every single year, and it was like they it was an anticipation call, like they knew that they were going to call a timeout, so I think they just gave them the timeout like in less than a second, mm-hmm. which the clock should have ran out, but because of anticipation, which. You know, refs are trained to know the speed of the game and what's going to happen. So I guess I don't. <laughs> yeah. Then Again, much, like, you wonder how much clock have... runs out at the stupid times of the game when a timeout gets called. Exactly. Like two minutes. Somebody's two minutes to go on, on the, the second quarter. Or... Yeah. It's... Yeah. So that is frustrating, though. Like I think it was Wisconsin against Arizona State a couple years ago, where 
you know, the refs let the defensive lineman like lay on a quarterback for five seconds and there was seven seconds left. So by the time they got up to spike it, the clock ran out and the refs just ran off the field. It's like, so I think what they were trying to, so I think they're trying to make up for stuff like that. So like the defense isn't dictating the game by stalling. So they're yeah. trying to give them a timeout as fast as possible, but it's not a, it's not an on the fence call. It either benefits one team or the other. Yeah. So like if the defense is stalling it's and they don't call it, then it's going to benefit the defense. If they call a timeout right away, it hurts the defense, helps offense. So again, there's no winners in sports fandom, only losers. Yeah, yeah. I just think when you're calling a timeout, the play has to be play has Done. to be over. And I think the play was over as that last second was running off, or, or the last second had run off as those players stopped coming together and it's just it, it, it is an interpretation thing on my part as well i just thought it was an interesting conversation to have because we don't talk about those kind of that that kind of time the timing in the nfl and i was just thinking back to other moments in games where you're looking two minutes to go in the second quarter and so a coach calls a timeout and you see him running down the sidelines or whatever and the, the, the couple of seconds run off and they never think about running they they i know they do bring back time on the clock at different times in the game but it's often towards the end there's always moments earlier in the game where it kind of just is let go so maybe that one second was there considering what was let go earlier earlier moments of the game who knows it's a you have a whole pot about how the clock works in nfl probably but uh, yeah and it's also just it's crazy that we can slow the game down to you know a fraction of a second and get every call right and yet nfl coaches still have to sprint down the sideline to get a timeout and sometimes the refs don't hear them and it doesn't it's like this mix of technology and this archaic system that was based in like the 1970s. It just doesn't, I don't know. It's just bizarre. It's so weird that we spend our time talking about these things. Like, <laughs> we spend our time I just wonder, literally talking about I wonder time. what the issues were like in like the seventies, like if podcasts existed, what we would be talking about instead rather than like how to get someone to listen to the podcast without a, with, on their like, they don't have any portable music devices, probably. Yeah. What do we? Yeah, <laughs> their transistor radio. Yeah, how do we? How do we do this? <laughs> our exactly. Listener, our listener count might even be less than it is now. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be hard to do. <laughs> anyway, we might as but, well we might as well talk about some actual uh, football that's not about clocks. Um, yeah, Kansas City. Uh, Continuing to roll, uh, obviously they played Oakland, which uh, while Oakland had an okay result in the first week, it was nothing nothing major. It was a win against a Denver team that isn't, well, it's got Joe, Joe Flacco at quarterback. So. They could be 2-0 though. Denver easily could be 2-0. Yeah, but they have Joe Flacco, so they're not. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just, I was I put in the notes and you've, you've had a read of him. Mahomes is obviously, I think he's already, he's on MVP at, repeat MVP pace I think and I don't I've got some ideas about how that could change but I don't actually think it will yeah I I mean he's easily gonna throw for 50 touchdowns again I think mm-hmm. um he threw for four in a quarter which is just I, I think we're so conditioned to like lights out quarterback play in the NFL after the past two decades that we're kind of numb to it but that's four touchdown passes in just the second quarter I mean pretty pretty insane and half those passes were just so on the money it wasn't his receivers routes he was putting the ball where only they could get it Mm. and yeah if i was a patriots fan i'd be a little bit nervous (laughs) no yeah i mean (laughs) yeah on that front yeah i definitely am i was nervous last year and i will be this year 
Uh, but yeah, there's no no doubting that it just just that's what football is. You're going to come up against good sides, and this one's. I think he he is a talent is special. You know, it might be an overreaction to see that because we're just at the start of his second year and we don't know what will happen. But at the moment, you can already see this kind of this feel that he's a generational talent as well with his arm strength and his his pass accuracy as well as just his mobility. Like you've getting a lot of thing, a lot of little bits of the quarterbacks we've seen over the last ten years, whether it be Russell Wilson or um, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, all those little things coming together and this guy that's got. This amazing strength in his arm, um, whether that's you know some some of the baseball in him as well, you know. Um, but I, yeah, uh, I think it's just going to be a bloodbath um, this season when it comes to like who's going to have home field for the AFC Championship game. I know I know it didn't help Kansas City last year. Well, mm-hmm. it kind of did, but um, I'm sure they'd still like to have it. And as bad as the AFC East is, I don't think the AFC West is. Much better. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other one, like, I don't think, obviously, this is just a... Brady's had a really good start to the year. Um, I don't think too many expected it. He was one of the last players picked in my uh, fantasy draft, which I grabbed him as my second quarterback. Uh, right. And uh, he's, you know, he's off to a great start statistically. He's on pace for... Uh, 40, 40 touchdowns, you know, almost five thousand yards. You know, I don't, I don't think I'd, whether he keeps up this pace for the entire year because we've we've talked about on previous pods uh, whether whether he's going to slow down, you know, just because of age. Whether he has some weeks where it's just his arm strength fails a little bit, uh, but he's certainly on pace for a good year. And I, I don't, I don't see it, I don't see it diminishing too much. Whether he would just in, be in the low to mid thirties of touchdowns and yardage might be four and a half thousand, which you know is still going to be. Mahomes is on pace for six to six and a half thousand passing yards. So yeah, we're talking, really we're talking apples and apples and oranges as far as the pace we're on. But um, I, think I just think it's cooler for the NFL to have Mahomes be the MVP for the mm. younger generation and for selling jerseys and stuff. You know, every little kid in New England already has a Tom Brady jersey, and people across the country have Tom Brady jerseys, but. You know, I think Mahomes is going to be this guy that's supposed to take over for the Bradys and the Mannings when mm-hmm. Brady ultimately retires and Breeze. You know, maybe this injury is the end of him. He's pretty old, and he was already showing signs of decline. So I think it, it is the NFL does want to kind of push the younger generation. So it's cooler to give the MVP to a guy like Mahomes than Brady or any of these other older guys. Yeah, yeah, and I think and I think Mahomes at the end of the year will fully deserve it as well. Uh, the other one that's a sneaky, I, I, I don't know, if, do you have any uh, other candidates that you can think of that could be MVP this year? I only, uh, I only thought of one more just as I was listening to some uh, information about the last week today, and I've done, it's, but it's one that I know won't win it and won't because they won't know, deserve to win it. But Dark Horse, Dak Prescott in Dallas. <laughs> I go. mean, that's a, that's a <laughs> huge Dark Horse, but, you know, America's team... He's put up big stats already. Um, if the Cowboys are good, they're going to be in the media a lot. Mm. So the attention is going to be on him. So that would be the other one just after two weeks. You know, yeah. a new candidate can always emerge. But uh, yeah, great minds thinking. But right now, it's Brady that's exactly versus who I was thinking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, they have a chance to be the best team in the NFC, especially with the Saints um, losing Breeze now. So. Yeah, um, yeah. If, he, if they could go like 13-3, and three, he'd be right in the running. Yeah, Especially he, with Zeke, um, I, Zeke missing the first 
Um, he got carries, but mm-hmm. he hasn't been super impactful yet. So, yeah, and Dak's uh, he's 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 actually we've talked about QB quarterback rating being a stupid stupid thing before, but it still <laughs> yeah. seems to be a, way, be a way of ranking them. And he's actually number one in quarterback rating at the moment with Mahomes second. Um, Brady's fourth. That's shocking. Yeah, Brady's fourth. Uh, it's between Mahomes and Dak. It's I think it's half a point. I think it was very close. I haven't actually got Mahomes sure. written down there, but. Uh, yeah, it was very close. So it's, it's was Jackson third. He might be. I didn't actually look up who was third. I just looked up those three players. I, yeah, Deshaun Jackson was not one I thought about as even a dark horse for um, MVP. The, the Dak Prescott one is partly it is because you know he's in a big market. He's in the mm-hmm. one of the storied teams of the NFL. The NFL loves to loves any Cowboys story. So if he if he's around the mark and if Mahomes has any drop off at any point, then it could bring bring him in as the candidate from the NFC. Really, if you're going to make it an NFC versus NFC kind of battle for the MVP as well, uh, yeah. I, I do think that Jackson will fall off, and that'll kind of start this week. So yeah. I don't think he's like a true MVP candidate. Obviously, if you're giving the award after. Two weeks, he'd be in the running, but mm. I do think he'll come back to life when he plays against a little bit tougher competition. So yeah, and uh, Dak Dak's got Miami this week, so he could put up some stats. <laughs> yeah, twenty one. I wonder what that line's at now. It's probably gone up. <laughs> yeah, I should actually. I'll have a look at it while we uh, get on to the next one. But uh, I was going to go to one thing before we go to a bit some the dark news that keeps plaguing the NFL at the moment. Uh, Eli no longer the number one in New York. <laughs> yeah it's been a big deal on my campus that's for sure a lot of giants fans out here yeah i just yeah how, i mean i'm fine with fe- it how's the feeling because it, it's funny he's he's i wrote in the notes he's got a complicated legacy because no one ever seemed to really giants fans love him for what he did in those super bowls which is obviously understandable um you sent me a tweet that was a bit of snark about that <laughs> Yeah, I had a long day yesterday, yeah. so I felt like <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of snark about so it. Made me laugh. Yeah, um, which you know, five years ago would have hurt a lot more, but since then we've won three another three Super Bowls, and the uh, yeah. the losses against the Giants are a little bit more um, okay to handle for me. Um, Giants bring it up a lot out here because there are also a lot of Patriots fans, so it is a, like a battle between Giants and Patriots fans out here. So yeah, that's right. their one bragging right. Yeah, yeah, Eli, you know, 500 career record. Not as good as his brother. Um, yeah, kind of a weird legacy. Hall of Famer for sure. But. Yeah. Well, there's some people even saying, like, is, the, is he worth a Hall of Fame? I think I'm, I, can, I can imagine just from pure career stats, obviously I can understand the argument, but when you look at a guy that's won two Super Bowls against the greatest quarterback of all time, then you've got – you kind of have to – you just – he's in there, I think. There's no way he couldn't be. Um, yeah, the name helps certainly, I think, as well. But it, he's, he, I think he deserves to get in off his own back based on what he did in those couple of Super Bowls. Uh, a lot of a lot of last, you know, fourth quarter late drives um, in those years that they got back into contention for getting into the Super Bowl. You know, those years they went that year they got in the second Super Bowl. I think they actually they weren't even looking like they were going to be a playoff team halfway through the season, from what I remember, and they, yep. they had a really strong second half. And you know their defenses were great in those years, but you've still got yeah. And that watch. first year they won the Super Bowl. That's one of the most iconic Super Bowls I think of all time. They beat an undefeated team. Mm. Um, before that, they won in the coldest playoff game on record. Beat Favre, you know. Yeah. Stopped him from going to another Super Bowl. So 
you know, those are big wins over, you know, Brett Favre's and Brett Favre's in the Hall of Fame. Steve Young's in the Hall of Fame. I think Eli Manning has to be. Yeah, I don't think we're even debating that, but I'm just saying. Oh, I've certainly seen the seen the tweets, you know, and whether it's not from anyone reputable, it's just the discussion is there from some people who are a little bit more anti Eli and you know, certain Patriots w- fans. I <laughs> know <laughs> it's not even I'm, I'm a Patriots fan, and I'm here saying you should be. But um, I'm saying Patriots fans do have, you know, they're not they're some of the people that are leading that charge against. I mean, we're generally Eli we're, Manning. We're good. generally anti Manning as a constitution, but. <laughs> Yeah, which um, is weird because you own the other one, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you know, <laughs> we own the family. We've got two more than the entire family does. But well, I don't know about Cooper. You know, maybe leave him out of this. But <laughs> <laughs> look, look, they're all to, they're all together in the family photo, so they get lumped in. Um, the the line, just going back to the line, I was just waiting for my phone to recognize my face so it would log me into my account. Technology. Uh, 21, 21 and a half, which isn't actually the biggest line of the week. Is that Australian or is that on ESPN? Uh, that is on Bet365, so, um, which right. is a worldwide one. But yeah, feel free to let me know. But 20, 21 and a half, that's a, like the line for the Jets and Patriots. Is that 23 in America. <laughs> so Is that the, the Cowboys-Dolphins one? Oh, yeah. So, sorry. No, that's a Jets-Patriots Yeah. One. Sorry so, about that. Yeah, so yeah. Jets-Patriots is 23 on mine as well. So that's unreal that the Dolphins don't even have the biggest line of the week. Well, but the, the Jets other... are on their third quarterback. Yeah, I think they that's They actually look not that bad. Yeah. It is 21 and a half, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, Trevor Simeon's not, hasn't, is not a, a greenhorn in the, uh, in the, um, in the NFL. He's, he's played some, he's played a bit of quarterback. He was, he was. I don't know what if he's gonna play this week though. Wait, he's a, wait. They get wait. He got knocked out as well. Which one? Yeah. Where, where are we at now? <laughs> Luke Falk. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Who was on the practice the squad? Washington, the he's, he's the Washington State kid, right? Yeah, put up huge stats. Yeah. Um Kind of a system quarterback, but he looked okay against the Browns in mop-up time. But yeah. Didn't look great when the game was still up for grabs, but. Um, yeah, they're not going to win at Foxborough, but <laughs> yeah, I mean that. Or the that'll be the real question: Can they cover? So, uh, which no. <laughs> I mean, I think the real question twenty three is a twenty three is a big line, and the Patriots sometimes have those random games where I've seen them play the Jets plenty of times when we're meant to smoke them and and we don't, yeah. and then you have those games where we're not. Like I remember Thanksgiving, like the butt fumble game was meant to be a real tight game, and that just went out of hand very quickly. So you never know what's going to happen, but. Uh, yeah. I th- well, does Antonio Brown play? I mean, it doesn't really matter because the Patriots' offense will be lights out anyway. But. Yeah. Um, well, like if my if my fantasy team's concerned, I hope not because Josh Gordon had a terrible week last week after having a decent week the first week. So, uh, yeah. But fantasy right. aside, and actually talking serious things, I guess it's a, we've mentioned his name now. Um, that SI piece you sent me yesterday, I think. Yes. Fantastic piece. Um, I'll have to put it in the show notes so people can. It's, I can't. I, I make myself notes and I just don't put the things I think <laughs> I, I need to put in there until I realize I, I can't think of the guy's name that wrote it. Um, but I mean, we talked about it in two of my classes. It's a pretty big deal over that piece is pretty big, a pretty big deal. So if you're listening to this, you've probably seen it. Um, it's a pretty damning piece in Sports Illustrated about Antonio Brown. Um, it has nothing to do with really the sexual allegations or anything, and it is it's more it is kind of concerning concerning how they present. Well, there is a, a different sexual allegation in it, but not the one that um, 
kind of started all of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a pretty damning piece. <laughs> um, there are some problems with it. Um, the artwork they use is obviously they darkened the photo and made it grainy, which kind of made him already look guilty of stuff. And it is kind of a hit piece on his character because it kind of portrays him as a sociopath. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the word that, narcissist was actually used in there somewhere, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and But the reporter did do his research. So if he is painting a picture that doesn't really exist, then he made up a lot of information because a lot of people have been on record. Yeah. The interesting <laughs> that this part guy about is, it was that there's a lot of people in there that said, oh, they declined comment, they declined comment. That was, even if it's all true, which, you know, could well be because we do know a lot of it matches up with what we think we know about his character, but we're obviously still not here to condemn someone without proper evidence. Uh, we just, we can only talk about what we know. But, um, yeah, there was, you know, there was a lot of, these people, they, their stories were there, but they declined to comment. Or there was a few of them that certainly put their the the artist. I think was in. The, she did comment in the story, didn't she? The one that a little bit, yeah, yeah. So there is a lot of stuff there that if you if you're building an idea about who Antonio Brown is based on the things that have happened over the last couple of years, you don't. You're not exactly surprised reading these stories that are in this in this piece in SI. But yeah, it's 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 a tough one and. I, I said to you that I was a little... It kind of annoyed me when they said, oh, the Pats must have done very little due, due diligence. Due diligence. <laughs> but... Hard for an Aussie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're not... We're not we, 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 don't speak, we don't speak the Queen's English, so certainly. <laughs> um, yeah. None of this... I just... No, um, no, no, I think a lot of people declined to comment because they had ongoing, like, yeah. lawsuits against them, so that would threaten... I don't think they were declining to comment because they thought that the allegations or the reporter, um, who is Robert Klemko, um, brought you. up were um, false. I think they just had an ongoing investigation where they couldn't talk about yeah, it. Yeah, no, that's so certainly. They, yeah, I'm not. I'm not putting it out there that I, that makes them immediately discredited. It's just it's. I'd love to see just a, this piece with everything. You know, you want to see more because you're seeing you're just getting that little bit. You're kind of getting that tease as to what the story actually is without getting the full story, which the journalist obviously is putting the story out now because it's timely and, and it's adding to the discussion which we're having right now. So uh, it's certainly a worthwhile piece. Uh, yeah, the due, due diligence. Like, fuck. Right. <laughs> just <laughs> just going to breeze phrase. right past that one. <laughs> well, let me ask you this question. Robert Kraft came out and said that if he had known about the allegations before signing Antonio Brown, they wouldn't have moved forward with signing him. Mm-hmm. Do you believe it? Yeah, I think so. I don't. I I think uh, if this had come out, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Color me surprised. Um, well, not. I, I don't believe it. it's not. I do. Robert I do Kraft, believe. NFL owner. Uh, I think he certainly would have... It just seems like something they lie about. I mean, we've seen it. Greg Hardy got another chance. Jerry Jones gave Greg Hardy another chance. Yeah, Green and... Hunt's play is yeah. going to play after he suspended it. Tyreek Hill, the only reason he's not playing is because he's hurt. Yeah. Um, I think the Patriots don't like this drama around them. Jerry Jones is a completely different... Yeah. Yeah, guy that... Bill Belichick is the guy that actually signed... You know, Robert Kraft's a, a mouthpiece at this point. Um... Bill you think Belichick would have cared about the allegation? Yeah, I, 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 I Bill Belichick's a robot and a mad scientist in 
all in one as far as how he constructs a football team. He doesn't like. I don't think they like these distractions. They don't. They're not enjoying what's going on at the moment. Um, they're certainly they they do they are very good at insulating themselves from the outside noise. So it's not going to affect them too much as far as their day to day and game preparation goes. But they're certainly not going to be enjoying it when they're being asked these questions. You know, so Bill Belichick in the press conferences is just he hates them on good days. Um, so these ones are going to be fucking annoying him. So I, I I do believe that if this had come out as it was breaking down in Oakland, then Oakland obviously would have would have just sped up that process. And I don't think we wake up at 4.01. Well, I, I woke up. You guys are just in the middle of your day. Uh, 4.01, as soon as he can be signed, that we're seeing the news the Patriots yeah. signed him. I don't yeah, think that happens. I think it might it might be a few days and then if nothing, maybe a team moves and maybe then the Patriots. I do think there'd be a bit more of a gap at least. And I like to just believe that the Patriots wouldn't sign him, but then they've, have kept him on now because well they've signed him anyway they've got this signing bonuses played him played him as well yeah and that's what I, I wrote in my notes that they're in this weird rock and a hard place thing because there's no yeah it depends on I don't know what their personal conduct policy is exactly uh, and the NFL probably side. not great <laughs> I mean they had one Aaron Hernandez <laughs> I was I was trying to avoid Aaron Hernandez coming up and I knew it was just somehow you'd bring it up at some point um, I do have a question for you. I can't and wait. We all know Bill Belichick's demeanor with the media and stuff. Does does he owe the media a little bit more when it comes to this story rather than his typical shtick? No, because what's he going to say? <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what, we just need to be candid about it. He can be – Bill Belichick be candid. I know, but yeah, and it's like funny when he's saying like we're on to Kansas City when it's about his gameplay, but like this is a serious matter. Does, does he owe the press a little more like if somebody asked him what went into the decision to play Antonio Brown, does the media deserve an honest answer about that? Uh, well, I know I'm asking a Patriots fan, so this. No, this I'm trying. No, I, you know what? You know me. I'm pretty good at trying to be objective about these things. Um, <laughs> Tell that to the hole in your wall during the Falcons Super Bowl. <laughs> it was a celebration hole, and I'm very proud of it. Um, oh, he changed it? Okay. No, that one was. That's, that was. I don't know. Have you heard the wrong story? We'll talk about it off air. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think trying to you, – this is where it's getting into the nuance of what, how, how, how can – if he gives a candid, candid, honest answer about why he went into – playing Antonio Brown, then you're getting into... The, I think you'll get an answer once they cut him, which is, I think will happen at some point, which is where I was getting to. If uh, he's guilty. Yeah, and well, they might decide if the circus keeps continuing with these little other stories come out, they might just say, this is detrimental to the team and it's, you know, this they'll come up with something that makes it okay to cut the contract, which I think, even, I think, in my personal opinion, even being accused and having this on you, uh, like these, this kind of allegation... I don't know if it's okay to cut the contract, but if these things keep going on, they could certainly play him less, and and then maybe that maybe Antonio Brown will do another video and 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 get himself cut. <laughs> but yeah, I think yeah, like I said, they're in a rock and a hard place thing where they've got there's actually no criminal charges, which is, is it is such a just fine point of the law because there is there are still serious allegations. So I don't know that shouldn't matter. That's what makes that piece kind of sketchy i guess for lack of a better term yeah. i mean i thought the piece was great from a reporting standpoint because the dude i had a lot, a lot of a lot of hundred people a lot of hard work yeah 
And so, but he was also asking people, he didn't go with anybody on Brown's side, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which, you know, I like, like, if you're going to write a piece and you're trying to prove a point, I don't do that old college bullshit where you have to put in the, the opposite argument. Like, you know, yeah, like what if Hitler was a three fourths of the way down to prove your point extra? I think you can just drive home your point with just a lot of evidence. But, um, yeah, I, I, if that piece is even 80% true, I think it paints a, a picture of a guy who is not a good person. Yeah, and which, that doesn't mean he's guilty of everything he's been charged with. So that's where the piece is kind of up in the air. Like, just because he did all this bad shit before, does that mean we should automatically bury him for this allegation? So it's hard to talk about until there are criminal charges or he's um, acquitted. I guess yeah. if, acquitted is if he's criminally charged. But yeah, so. yeah, yeah, and that's I think that's where the Patriots are at the moment. Unfortunately, is the there are no criminal charges, and they've got who a guy who when he's playing and when he's invested in the team that he's playing in is still probably one of the we we're talking about DeAndre Hopkins maybe being one of the best wide receivers. Antonio Brown and is is still in the in that in that moment of his career as far as age-wise goes, that he's still probably the best receiver in the league. You know, he was front of Madden two years ago. He was top pick. Top five, definitely, yeah. Yeah, he was top pick in most fantasy drafts a few years. Like, he's, he's, we're forgetting, like, talking at it from a football standpoint, the Patriots would be ludic. Like, they haven't been given a legal reason that they need to cut him. They've been, there's obviously, it's bad optics, but as I've said, I just don't, yeah. Go ahead. And 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 like like you said, there's plenty of. We we're talking about Roethlisberger earlier, like not not to drag up old news, but you know he's he had a sh- shady history with actual actual being charged with um, some sexual assault. Uh, you know. Yeah. Um, a guy that we both love to watch in the NBA, Kobe Bryant. All these guys have gone, and I'm not trying to say that. It's, I'm not trying to say that he's he could like he he's going to go on and have a great career after this because. I think that the further we go into the 21st century, the more these things are being then less less accepted. I guess if that's the right. I was going to say this: like if that Kobe Bryant stuff happened, happened today, it'd today be completely or different. the Roethlisberger stuff happened today, they would. I mean, it'd be a much bigger deal. Yeah, especially with Roethlisberger. With well, especially Kobe, he went to trial for it and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be an even bigger deal. Um, and. Kobe just has kind of a twisted legacy, and we can. I, I mean, we're going to get into some NBA stuff um, pretty soon here as October mm-hmm. comes about, and I'm sure we'll have a Kobe discussion <laughs> when yeah. we talk about the Lakers. But Roethlisberger stuff is the exact same way. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I think that was had to be when I was in high school. When we were in high school, so that was a long time ago. People were viewed differently. The lexicon of things we, we the words we use the stuff we said the way we treated women the way we, um i'm i'm using the proverbial we, um, yes yeah <laughs> not <laughs> not you and me um we're it was just different and um we've come a long way and thankfully so so mm-hmm. i don't think it is just going to be this thing that gets swept under the rug especially with so many examples of antonio brown kind of Being i mean the <laughs> for yeah, lack of a better term, like, it, it, it is like we don't even have to even take it away from this SI piece and allegations that have been made against him. He was he was a dick in those last couple of months in Oakland, so we could just 
even if we just do yeah. that, that like and at Pittsburgh, yeah, yeah, and, and at Pittsburgh like, as well. To Ben Roethlisberger, who I from all like I assume he's actually a pretty good teammate. As if we're taking away like forgetting all that other stuff, like it, he does seem like yeah. he's been a great like Tom and they've been him been together for a long time, and that team's had some pretty good teams that have been pretty close. Yeah. So I yeah. One of the things that stood out to me the most in the piece, obviously from a comedic standpoint and just like from a what the fuck standpoint, is just him just farting in that doctor's face while he was oh, like at a physical. Yeah, and that's like that's sociopathic behavior. It mm-hmm. is just childish and like you do wonder if maybe he has sustained a lot of concussions or maybe this is there are sociopathic people. Look at our president. I mean, there are people who just live in, in these worlds and you don't want to be around him. You definitely don't want to go into business with him. So yeah, and um, look, I'm not trying to say that it should be swept under the rug or anything like that. Um, oh, I don't think you were. Yeah, but. it's more that I, I, I'm trying to look at it. I'm certainly not where I actually want to be as far as where my where I my believe it should go. I do hope that if these things keep going, that the Patriots do find a way to cut him because I just don't I don't like it. It is it, it, as a Patriots fan. I'm conflicted about him being on my team. I certainly celebrated sure. him when he scored the touchdown because I just looked at him as a number on the field. Um, 17. Scoring, scoring a great touchdown. You know, he was he's a fucking great player to watch, which is what... And then he doing. jumped in the stands. It's just like, it's always all... like it's just ha- It just has to be about him. And hey, like, man, if I was one of those Patriots fans, that would have been a, just a great moment. Like, yeah. taken away from the fact that... Afterwards, I would have gone, oh, fuck, it was Antonio Brown, not like, you know, Josh Gordon or someone I liked. But um, I just don't get what the Patriots have to gain from this with how good they already are and the wide receiver core that they are. I mean, they took a wide receiver in the first round of the draft. Well, it's kind of like the Empire and Star Wars didn't actually need a Death Star, but they just built one anyway. (laughs) Yeah. They pretty much, you see at the start of that movie, they're chasing tiny rebel ships with a fucking Star Destroyer and then they're like, fuck it, we'll build a Death Star so we can literally destroy planet. That's, yeah. It's a it's a stupid analogy, but that's what. And I can understand why the Patriots would do. No, like, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I can it was understand. like the Yankees back in the day, adding yeah. you know whoever they could to their lineup. I mean, even adding a Rod at that time was mm-hmm. kind of like doing that. So, and he definitely was not uh, not exactly loved by the public when they added him. So yeah, we had turnaround he's had the last couple of years, but yeah, yeah, I mean. Short memories in this country, for sure. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, went I don't to, think I went to a Yankees game back when he was making his comeback from his, his um, return from suspension, and yeah, he was not loved. Um, well, and he just was—I mean, the reason he was—I actually Yankees stood up, stood up and applauded him because I was like, "Fuck it, I'm here in a Yankees jersey, and he's up there taking yeah. taking out bats for my team." Like, I, I kind of have this thing where I'm like, if I'm there, I don't want to be a boo bird. So. Yeah. Baseball's a they subject for another pod, but yeah. Well, they um, didn't boo him because he was, you know... It wasn't even too much Because he got drugs. suspended. Was, they booed him about, because he struggled in the playoffs. Yeah. Because like, they were selfish. Like, they booed him because he wasn't doing well in the play- it's just People can act like they're booing for a reason, but they're actually mad because they're not... They were actually booing because he didn't help them win. Mm. Like, it's... Fans are so fickle. Yeah. And there's still Patriots fans defending Antonio Brown. Like... And I'm... Throwing all of the sexual allegations aside, I'm just saying it's very hard to defend his personality. Mm-hmm. I don't, even if he plays for your favorite team. Yeah, yeah. I no, think no. the Raiders fans were having a hard time doing that during Hard Knocks, mm-hmm. and you still haven't seen Hard Knocks, and it is 
wild. So I'm I'm sure if you watch it now, all the stuff they do on Antonio Brown, you'll just be like, good God. Yeah, I might I actually mean, have to sit down and watch it finally, like just as far as the, the historical it's context frustrating. of the Antonio Brown Let me Brown tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I, I I usually enjoy Hard Knocks. I just didn't want to watch. I just the Gruden shtick. Gruden shtick gets uh, to me, but objectively worst season. Yeah, um, of the show. So, knock on the table if you say yes. That's a, <laughs> you'll when you watch it, you'll understand. <laughs> oh God, I, I can't. Yeah, it's I, bad. I can't wait. Well, I can, but I yeah, you know, I'll get to it. Um, anyway, yeah, look, I. To, just wrap that up to find a way to wrap that up even though it's it's just such a i you know i don't I it's don't, the biggest story and yeah, honestly I, I don't we can even talk about the game and all that stuff but. yeah i don't know where i want to go with it apart from the fact i do i am conflicted about him being on my team because i i don't like who he is how he's how he's presented himself as a football player the last couple of years i do like what he does on the field so it's it is that you know you're you're selling your soul to the devil a lot of the time in sports because yeah. there's usually if you actually went through and interviewed every player on every team you support, you'd find a few guys like you would have had that with the Cubs a few years ago with them. Um, oh, I have it with the Cubs right now. Yeah. Addison Russell. I, I hate watching him bad. I hate watching him play. I wish he wasn't on our team. He hits a home run. I feel empty. Yeah. I don't because I'm conflicted. We're in a pennant race, a very tight pennant race, and Javi Baez is hurt, so Russell is playing, and I hate it. Mm. Like I can't stand it. <laughs> I don't like watching when he bats. I I get that people have second chances, but the stuff against women, I it's just something I'll never forgive. Yeah, um, yeah, and uh, yeah. So yeah, you know exactly what I'm, where I'm coming from on that. So, but, and we want, but you still in support spite your team. of Chapman in sixteen, which yeah. was nice that he didn't like actually. He actually almost cost us a game. Yeah, he literally so almost like he he was the reason that game went to extra innings. Well, so well him and Joe Madden. Um, yeah, but yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> we'll get when playoff baseball gets closer. We'll talk. I'm sure the Cubs won't be involved. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, to wrap up the NFL stuff, I had a couple more notes. Really, not too much, but. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., like one-handed catch, great to see. Like he's a freak. Yeah, he's he's the kind of guy. So we're talking about uh, wide receivers that have had interesting careers, as far as their public perception goes. OBJ is the exact reason I hate people attacking a player just for being uh, passionate. Oh, fuck! I'm looking for a word. Um, God, outspoken. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it, it's just more. Uh, <laughs> oh, fuck. I hate it when the the word the perfect word is just um, eccentric. Flamboyant. Eccentric is what I'm thinking of because you know okay, yeah. when he's when he's we propo- when it. he's proposing to shit on the side like proposing to the nets on the sideline and all those things that he was doing people were giving him shit for uh, going on the boat whatever. He's taking Molly on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fully supportive of it. Um, <clears throat> I mean he it... he's he he was disruptive to a I to guess a, in a, to a degree but. The whole fucking Giants organization was disruptive to itself, you know. Like, yeah, the Eli Manning thing. Being is hung, a hung team over in him. New York is disruptive to itself. So, yeah. like, he never got in trouble off the field. All he, he's the. I mean, my opinion of him, it was never bad, but it really changed after a Sunday night game. I don't know if they were playing the Cow. I'm sure somebody in the NFC because it's Sunday night game. But he was talking to the sideline reporter after the game, and he was crying. Mm-hmm. He was just so happy they won. And it's yeah. like, dude, this guy just thrives on emotion. He's like, 
a Gen Zer, like like millennials. If you think millennials thrive on emotion and we want all of our emotions heard, look at the next generation after us who's mm-hmm. younger. They're even more so. So that's that, those are the type of people we're going to be presented with over the next decade, and I'm happy about it. I think people should explore their emotions and i think obj is just a really good example of you know not being afraid of like what we would consider toxic masculinity now and letting like crying letting out his anger letting all this stuff go you know yeah it's and just, just and just being the modern man yeah and it kind of comes back so. to what we talk about uh you know being your own person as long as it's not affecting anyone like affecting anyone else negatively how you how you are as a person is fine. I don't like it. OBJ, like I said, he's a, one who finally found the word. It's eccentric is what I would call him because of the, the different things he does, but none of it's ever, it's only disruptive because you don't like watching it and you start talking about it and then everyone starts talking about it. And I'm using the proverbial you again, like, as I'm not talking about you specifically, I mean the yeah. general media that the general media that feeds to the lower of the masses that um, talk, likes to just make stories out of, out of a guy just, being himself on the sidelines you know if you don't you don't have to if you don't focus on it then it's not an issue because it doesn't actually disrupt anything outside of that little bubble of him being himself the fans want you to focus on it though yeah and so that's why i mean the media writes what gets clicks yeah it's why newspapers are floundering now because they don't get clicks because they actually tell the stories about real real stories about the x's and o's and about the people but people just want you know odell beckham jr attacks net yeah. Like two, two graphs of writing and a video. That's all they want now. So it is on the media a little bit, but I would say 30, 70, because I think the consumer. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Like, it's what the media writes about. Yeah. If, no, if you're not clicking on it, they're not going to write about it. So yeah. Um, it's unfortunate because I miss real journalism. But yeah. Whatever. But, you know, I'm lo- I'd love to, I don't think that, I don't think it was any sign that the Browns are actually where they want to be because. It wasn't the it wasn't the most convincing win over a bad Jets team that was going through quarterbacks. It definitely was. Yeah, going through quarterbacks like it was a kissing booth where Donald got mono. <laughs> but um, yeah, Certainly. Ba- Baker still didn't look. He still looked a bit shaky. So you know, questions still there as to how you know we're still we were at the start of the year talking about him and hoping he was going to have a great year. But um, it's a little bit worrying to see. It. But whether that's just him, I mean, it's sophomore slump. Yeah, it's predictable. He's not Patrick Mahomes. But no. he has a chance to be a Pro Bowler one day. I mean, he's just not that—he's not that once in a generational talent like Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. But he still has a chance to be good, and I feel the same way about Lamar Jackson yeah. like, and Kyler Murray. For all, I don't think any of those guys are going to be, you know, a Tom Brady. But I think they have a chance to be a Brett Favre, maybe. Mm-hmm. So that's still good. Don't have to be a once in a generational talent to win a championship. So yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Um, but OBJ, you know, kind of bailed bailed Baker out. So you know, eighty nine yard touchdown. A lot of that was him. Um, yeah, yeah, that was. So that, I that think was that'll unreal. be a good thing for yeah. Baker this year is to have that. Um, also, his tight end, who he really liked last year in Joku, was out in the first half. Mm-hmm. So I think that kind of changed his his approach to offensive approach to the game. So. Hopefully we see him grow. I like Baker. I think he's a good personality to have. So yeah, no, certainly great to have in the. Um, that was <laughs> that was a great quote I was listening to the, today when they interviewed Baker after the game. They talked about how someone from the Jets, I think it might have been Greg Williams, said how um, uh, clown. Yeah, yeah, 
we don't need to say much more about him, but said something about how OBJ isn't very dynamic. And, you know, Baker Baker being the honest guy that he is just said, he, oh, whatever, okay. He's not dynamic, whatever, whatever. And then they said, okay, how, then the next question was, oh, what, what do you think of OBJ's performance today? And Baker just goes, pretty dynamic. <laughs> 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 he's, he's, he's got the perfect honest, brute, like just honest, laid back kind of. Well, he's quick. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's quick. quick and which is great great for a quarterback. If you, if you can quick, quick with the reporters, you're probably going to be okay on the field, which, you know, we're still yeah. saying he's working on. But, yeah, it's a good sign. It was just like the look of him, at, like I like I was feel, I woke up today feeling dangerous. Like qu- that quote alone mm-hmm. is amazing and could sell T-shirts. But the look he gives after it last season, he just kind of like says that and it's just kind of like, yeah. Like, <laughs> I know it's an audio pod, but yeah, uh, David saw what I did. It's just kind of like, what else did you expect from me? Mm-hmm. Um, so. Hopefully he succeeds because um, he's a really good personality to have in the league. Um, and I think that is just kind of the new generation coming in and showing more personality. And he's he's a little bit more exciting than Patrick Mahomes, which the coolest thing he's said is that he puts ketchup on his mac and cheese, which isn't super exciting, just kind of weird. Just sounds disgusting, to be honest. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of salt. It's a lot of salt. Yeah. But I guess if you're Patrick Mahomes, look, all I need in my it. mac and cheese is a little bit of bacon, and I'm good. Um, oh, get out of here! Hot <laughs> sauce, man. Hot <laughs> sauce all day. Uh, I don't have much. More. And it better I... be vegan mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake! <laughs> I just said I'm putting bacon in there. Fuck's. <laughs> I know. I know. God, cheese I and bacon. Nothing. Be sure you're not American. I know you are by marriage, but. Did you not? Did you came to Rennie's with me at Oregon? You saw what every time I ordered the large. Well, I set. saw. Uh, more importantly, I saw at the O Bar the uh, potato skins every night. So. Well, yeah, and then whenever I was at Rennie's, it was a, a the large serve of cheesy bacon fries. God, they your heart didn't explode somehow. It was all the walking I did somehow. So I think balancing yeah. it out. Wash but... it down with a Rennie's lemonade. Good God. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> not. Yeah, you eat the cheesy bacon tots and you don't remember you ate them until the next day. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rennie's Same lemonades. kind of with the lemonades. Good yeah. God. I think yeah. if I drank one of those right now, my teeth would just fall out of my skull. So uh, And then I'd probably order another one because once you got started on the Rennie's lemonades, it was like just, just chug them back and then deal with the consequences yeah. the next day when you wake up and realize you haven't consciously remembered the last 12 hours. But Yeah, and we're in our 30s now, so I can't imagine... Yeah. What that hangover would feel like now. It was yeah. bad enough at 24. <laughs> I, t- to I took I took Froffies to uh, Rennie's uh, the couple of days before our wedding weekend, and uh, yeah. And well, he's a maniac. Yeah, so. well, he, he certainly enjoyed the Rennie's lemonades. Um, it was Rennie's lemonades followed by Taco Bell. So for for a young Australian pup that enjoys his drinks and fast food, he was it was a I think he enjoyed the experience. So. I think we showed Froffies a good time while he was over here. Yeah, <laughs> the hiding's are bad for the soul. The text message I got at four thirty four thirty a.m. on my wedding day when I was woke up two hours later. I was like, oh shit, are they going to be alive? Um, Barely. <laughs> uh, perfect segue into college football, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you did you have a chance to see the stats that I threw up there on the uh, Heisman race? I did. Um, yeah. Which uh, yeah, I was, it's I was, tight. Yeah, well, I mean, I was already coming into it thinking like Lawrence has got work to do, right? But 
Houston main ranking all season, and they have a pretty weak schedule. I think. Um, Sorry, you did Syracuse. just break. You did just break up there for a bit after I said that Lawrence has got work to do. Oh yeah, so, Lawrence, oh. yeah. I would say Lawrence is still in the driver's seat. Yeah. Um, not is that, favorite, is that just because he's still, at, he'll is, still go to New York? Yeah. His stats aren't great, but if Clemson is number one all season and they go to the playoff, um, they have a super weak schedule after the last two weeks, and I would even throw Syracuse in having in being part of a weak schedule. I'm sure the numbers will come. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of hype on him right now. Clemson hasn't needed him to be great, and I don't, I don't know if he'll. Um, have to have to put up their performance that would get him the Heisman, but I do think they're obviously one of the favorites for the national championship. So yeah, we'll see. The interception numbers have to drop though, don't they? Yeah, like if you, if it's you, surprising. If you if you're gonna if you're gonna be at the end of the year, and even if he has held the number one spot, but they've somehow he's thrown almost an interception a game by the end of the year, is that gonna? And you've had Hurt, and maybe Hertz has gone through because Hertz is at, at the moment got no no interceptions. He's got um, he's he's got four more touchdowns, and he's got four rushing touchdowns as well, which I guess uh, Lawrence has three on the ground. But it would know, be interesting. Hertz is the, if it Hertz, came down it, to Tua and Hertz. Yeah, and and Tua is obviously. I mean, he's 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 already at a thousand yards and got twelve touchdowns in the <laughs> air, and no and no no interceptions either. So. It's those numbers that I'm particularly interested in is the fact that uh, Lawrence seems to be quite, you know, the, the carelessness with the ball or whether it's carelessness or he's just, he's just not quite, not quite he's got, his, um, got his radar on, for lack of a better term. Uh, that's, that's kind of what's, you know, you've had Tour and Hertz come out and there's been really clean with the ball, good, good uh, completion percentages uh, and... Uh, Without you know, obviously not throwing interceptions, so it's it's kind of that. They, it, I, I've to me, hurt uh, Lawrence is obviously in the discussion still top three, but he's brought himself right back into the pack and is possibly just below at the moment. If they do keep the number one spot, as you said, probably going to be around about the mark. But if these guys keep on their pace as well, then where it's just going to be could be one of the closest. and Herbert. You yeah, know, I, Herbert. I added that one in there as well. Um, you know, he's yeah. eleven touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, 73% him and, yeah I mean Herbert might get an invite to New York but I doubt that, it that, Auburn, re- that Auburn result was probably the one that swung it quite early I thought for him I think yeah he's going to have to put up eye-popping stats against a perceived just awful Pac-12 he's going to have to run the table from this point to even have a shot and I don't know if that'll happen uh, I, I, I mean I, I can certainly see it happening I don't know if it will it'll be a Washington will be a, I mean, a good one. performance this week would uh, obviously go a long ways. Um, Oregon yeah. playing arguably their biggest rival over the past 10 years. Uh-huh. Yeah, since, certainly. Yeah. Since the Ducks dominated um, Washington for so long. Um, Stanford's always been a hiccup in not always um, over the past decade, but it's, it's definitely gone, tripped up Oregon back, several times on their way. Plenty of times, yeah. But I think Oregon has to feel confident this season. Uh, Stanford's it's one of their weaker weaker teams they produced in the Shaw era. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Yeah, the um, unranked got beat by UCF last week and UCF got housed by UCF. Yeah, UCF are good, obviously. So it's not like um, but certainly Stanford in the past was you know they were top fifteen team for a few years there, um, pretty consistently. Usually, just dropping a result here and there that just. Dropped them out of the playoff contention, but 
Um, yeah, uh, Heisman aside, we've got a big... It's finally the week. Is we, last week when we talked about the college football, we, uh, we just kind of looked at the schedule and went, well, this is... This isn't great. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was a huge bummer too because I actually had a bit of time to watch football and the game they presented to me was Syracuse Clemson. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, Arizona, Arizona State winning in the uh, East Lansing was, you know, Michigan State don't have an offense really, but yeah, um, kind so, of again, just a terrible game. Oh so, yeah, ten, like, ten, ten seven in college football is never never a good never a good sign. Yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, moving to the weekend, what do you think? What it, what's what are you looking at the most? Obviously, Oregon Stanford is always starred on your calendar. Yeah, yeah. Personally, obviously, Oregon Stanford. Um, considering my first game that I ever went to, uh, my first game was against Portland State, so that doesn't count. Uh, that was a, that was a, that was a boat race. My first big game I went to was Oregon Stanford. I've said it before on pod. The Andrew Luck played. Lamichael James come back like the game that yep. they came back after the half. Uh, so it's always been one that's got a like just a soft spot in my heart. It's just a always a rivalry game that's ever been there ever since I've was a student. So yeah, yeah, and just in the context of this season, it's a big game for Oregon to kind of put. You know, it'll be a big game for Stanford too because they'll be they'll be reeling a little bit and they'll kind of want to you know throw some punches and see where that see where their ceiling is for this year. And Oregon's certainly going to be one of the better teams to do that for them. So I don't think there'll be an easy out down in um, down in Palo Alto, but I think Oregon certainly should be winning. And uh, I don't know what the spread is on the game at the moment, but um, I should have looked that up while I had the app open. But I would expect, you know, I would expect it probably a close close first half, and Oregon to possibly just you know pull away as the game, you know, grind down the defense a little bit and um, start airing it out. It's Oregon by ten, yeah. so that's that's a pretty big line for. You know, two rivals. Yeah, uh, especially on the road. But uh, it just reflects where uh, where Stanford, the disappointing start to the year they've had, and the, and the expectations probably being tempered on them a little bit. So uh, the other one, I do think it's an, yeah, oh, I yeah, think no. it's an important game for Oregon to kind of make a statement that after two cupcakes, that um, like, hey, we're here to win the Pac-12 North and win the Pac-12. Yeah, they didn't against, cover, they didn't cover the cupcake spread against Montana. <laughs> they, I'm sure they did fine. Yeah, no, they did fine. I was just I thought I'd put that out there. Thirty-five. I mean, to three. those those cupcake games can sometimes. Oh, they you pe- know they can catch it. They can catch up on you. You looking ahead and um, take care of business early on doesn't really matter. Yeah, so. yeah. No, it's just an interesting one since Brad put out the tweet that you know thirty-five plus is a cupcake. So now I, I'm calling thirty-five. <laughs> I'm calling thirty-five points the cupcake spread now because I actually think it's a good way of. Yeah, <laughs> that's just my thing now. But well, two teams um, that took care of their cupcakes this past weekend: um, Notre Dame and Georgia, both mm-hmm. won by over fifty points. Um, obviously, the marquee game of the early college football season, I think, other than LSU Texas, maybe. Um, yeah. But I think this one is even even bigger with both being in the top seven. Um, a Notre Dame team going on the road to the South um, in Georgia. Um, the last time these two teams played, it was a one-point game in South Bend two years ago. I had a raw habanero, not on a bet, but just because I wanted to. Um, <laughs> this is a whole different. Yeah, my years in Nebraska were um, bizarre. I guess I don't know, <laughs> but um, Georgia enters the game as a fourteen-point favorite, <laughs> so pretty big spread. 
for um, two top seven teams, including one that went to the playoff last season. Mm-hmm. So I do think that's the biggest game of the weekend. I am biased, but I do think most people would say it's a huge no, game. I, I would say it's a big it's, – it's um, on my list is probably the one that I had down as the marquee game that if you could only pick one game of college football to watch this weekend, that would be it. Um, I, so with the spread being 14, where are you at? Uh, obviously, your allegiances are with the team from South Bend, so – I don't think Notre Dame will win, but I don't think they'll lose by 14. Um, obviously, this could go completely wrong for me. It certainly has for Notre Dame and, you know, just like Clemson last season. But Notre Dame did lose to Clemson by less than Alabama. A lot of people who thought, um, you know, Alabama is obviously one of the greatest teams of all time. And Notre Dame lost to Clemson by less than Alabama did. So, um, Notre Dame's caught a lot of shit for that performance in the playoff last year, but I think they just ran into a juggernaut. So, I mean, is Georgia, this is a huge game for Georgia too. Um, this would be a statement win for them. Um, they, they, they've also choked in some big games. So, yeah. So do you see, um, do you see that? It's a big a, game for both programs. Yeah. So how much of a possibility do you see is like, if you look, I think I've thrown percentage. Like a win? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, where? <laughs> Are you going? Are you going to sit down and watch this game with like a genuine hope that they can, obviously, oh, yeah. uh, obviously as a dog, but um, you, that you can, uh, there's something that can be got out of the game if because we all know football. I've never entered football a Notre Dame played, game you know, not thinking they're going to win. Yeah, it's just something about college football. It's something about liking Notre Dame since I was three. I, it's yeah. just something about it, and my allegiance is um, obviously I'm now a big I'm a bigger fan of almost every sports team I'm a fan of than Notre Dame just because as you get older college sports kind of take a backseat to some bigger things because more emotion and more well maybe not emotion but more political social other things like the things of that nature presented in professional sports because athletes can get away with it more so you do tend to side with you know your arsenals your cubs your blazers because but I still have a huge soft spot for Notre Dame. So I go into the game thinking they're going to win. Just yeah. always have. <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of how it goes. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. Like, you know, if we if we went into games thinking that, well, I do go into games thinking my team's going to lose sometimes. But when you sit down to watch, you still hope for the miracle. So it is. Well, I just also think it's just a product of growing up in Lincoln, Nebraska, when Nebraska won three titles in four years mm. you know everybody there thought nebraska was always gonna win because they always did win so i think i got some of that but just with a team that didn't win as much but now notre dame wins way more than nebraska so yeah i still have that <laughs> <laughs> and they went 12 and 0 last season they've gone 12 and 0 twice um in the past seven years so yeah so like that's the thing like they've actually their last couple of years of football they haven't their losses have only been against these these big teams are where Notre Dame fallen down. They haven't had bad losses. I mean, the point differential aside, as people have, as you brought up before, but um, well, they, I mean, they lost to Georgia by one point. Um, they're two big. They're two times they got blown out. Other than that Arizona State game, which was an outlier like five years ago. Yeah, but two times they got blown out. Um, you know, it was to Alabama and Georgia, to or uh, Alabama and Clemson, two national champions. So. Yeah. Just kind of what happens, um, you know, when they went down to play Jameis in number one Florida State, they basically won that game, but got called for a pick play in the last second. So 
Yeah. Notre Dame gets called out for losing these big games a lot, but they've really only been blown out twice by, like I said, eventual national champions. So I do expect them to put up a fight. Um, like I said, this has gone pear shaped for me before. So mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm predicting it from a fan's point of view, not a analyst by any means. Yeah. <laughs> so. Which, you know, analysts are just fucking talking out of their ass half the time anyway. So, no. yes. Uh, so. The other one that I've got on my list is just a, as an interesting one. Uh, we've got Texas, Texas A&M versus Auburn, which is um, mm. obviously an SEC matchup and a top top 20 matchup as well with uh, mm. Auburn being ranked 8 and Texas A&M being 17, I think. 17, yep. yeah. So, And it's in College Station. Yeah. So A&M's actually the favorite um, by a field goal and a half, which is kind of surprising. Uh, it, I'm not a betting man, but I'd probably take Auburn in that. But um, Auburn really hasn't played anybody since Oregon, and A&M's played a pretty brutal schedule so far. So Yeah, so it might be a case of the fact that the the um, bookies have actually looked at the schedules rather than the, than the uh, obvious rankings and seeing that A&M have actually gone through a bit of a like, you know, a hell, hellfire to start the season that might have hardened them up a bit, whereas Auburn's only test was Oregon, and they, they kind of scraped through that one by Oregon trying not to win the game more than anything. So, if our, you know, yeah. that was a game. That I guess had... A&M's played Lamar in Texas State, so not exactly a murderer's row. But mm. obviously going to Clemson is not easy, and... I just expect Auburn to win. Um, I think they do have something special in Bo Dix. And mm. as much as two Oregon grads can congratulate them on that, I guess. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think they'll take care of business. Um, and I think that Iron Bowl at the end of the season will be a little bit closer than it has been of late. Mm-hmm. Um, interested to see this Auburn defense go against Tua. So. But we'll be eating turkey by then when that game's being played i'll be eating tofurkey you'll be eating turkey but actually i don't know what australians eat for thanksgiving well we literally don't have thanksgiving so i mean that's the well, thing but we foster. we do be, we have had a little fostered. we have had a little things here and there like andrea's bosses are um obviously american um so there was one year they we just got fucking takeout chicken and ate chicken and you know just had a little thanksgiving dinner and can't think if we did anything last year, to be honest. But you know, probably have a beer and it's a gluttonous holiday. It's beer. not needed. It's probably beer and kangaroo or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> kangaroo steak, it's one re- Foster's. It's, re- it's really delicious. I not Foster's. Nope. It's Australian for beer. I don't know if you know that or not. So it's, it's str- weird that you don't know your own culture. <laughs> <laughs> Those ads used to fucking. Just blow my mind when I moved over there. I love those ones where it was a guy that fucking ran ran onto the, like like a salt plane football field, slaps a band aid on the back of his head, and it just says Australian for helmet. And I'm like, fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember one from a beer, and it's like a beer in the Wop Wop, and it's like or a beer, a bar in the Wop Wop, and it's just like the shack, and a guy throws a boomerang um, at the TV to change the channel and say. Australian for remote control. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what? It's like, how many TVs did he break with that boomerang before <laughs> before he actually changed the channel the first time? Uh, yeah. 
I like hey, that taught me a lot about Australia. And I and until I go over there, you and your family have done nothing but reinforce it. So <laughs> you and Matt. Yeah, no, we were probably the worst people to go out drinking with as far as like we're like, well, no, we're gonna change your mind on Australian stereotypes and then we get one beer into us and we're like, fuck. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> I said fuck. It's just when you know. were all together, I could hardly understand what was being talked about. It's like, are they talking about me right now? It's like a foreign language. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The beers, like, the more the beers go down, the the thicker the accent gets. So, oh yeah, it's a weird, weird thing. I don't know. I don't know if I actively try to like tone it down. I probably did when I was living over there, but God knows what. No, it's, God knows. We were what usually into our cups, so it was well, that's that's <laughs> it. Yeah, we were, it was usually. 12 30 a.m at the o bar and i was yeah many dollar beers deep yeah and that's <laughs> when uh we do our our football or our soccer podcast after this uh when the beers start flowing you get it i have to start helping you through your points a little bit better because <laughs> you start to get that aussie draw aussie draw <laughs> yeah I'm, well, i understand it but after years of dealing with it <laughs> yeah i think that's kind of like where andrea is as well the wife she just she just kind of like just helps me along a little bit here and there. But <laughs> <laughs> but she looks yeah. at she looks at me sometimes as like I, I, I say something and she, uh, she looks at me and I'm like, you just have no idea what I just said, do you? And she, no, no, not a fucking I remember. Guy. Yeah, I remember being at the O and like looking at the bartenders, like when you and I'd be talking to them sometimes and just looking at them like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Just nod and smile and assume it was about the ducks. Yeah. <laughs> Just throw up a no and everything will be okay. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, on that note, um, you know, we'll uh, move on to the soccer pod and, uh, you know, go ducks. But <laughs> <laughs> until then, uh, this one is this is the end of this pod anyway. So stay sportsgasmic. I'm out of beverages again. <laughs> Every time. <laughs>